before going into the episode, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this episode and uh, taking the time to sit down and just listen in on what we got going on here on the podcast today. Uh, a couple of things before we get going into the episode is uh, I want to do a couple ad reads for our sponsors, starting with the DOYC, the Department of Young Strength Coaches. This group is designed for young strength coaches wanting to go into the field of strength conditioning, whether that's CSCS prep, GA or internship opportunities, or even live discussions. They are a resource for young coaches to take advantage of. I'll put the link to the Discord in the description of this episode. Also, Team Builder. Team Builder is a software for performance coaches around the world. Their powerhouse platform provides coaches with the elevated experience when it comes to program development, data tracking, and staying connected with athletes and clients. Team Builder is also full of tools that coaches need, like multiple max training methods, 16 plus reports, evaluation testing, and goal setting to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with Team Builder's in-house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with the promo code CONJUGATE to receive a 30-day free trial as well as a 52-week football workout program. Please be sure to sit back, listen in, and enjoy this episode of the Conjugate Chats. Thank you. I'm your host, John Mark Raspberry, current strength coach over at Dyer County High School. I have Jake Butcham on uh, the podcast today. Um, he is the strength and condition coach over at Springfield High School in Middle Tennessee, I believe. Yes, sir. It's also the NHSSCA's Tennessee State Coach of the Year this year. Um, so I'm going to let him introduce himself, his uh, background, how he got into strength and conditioning, and what he's doing now at his current role. Uh, yeah, I'm a... Uh... First of all, glad to uh, glad to be here. Glad you have me on. Uh, uh, my name is Jake Buttram. I'm from East Tennessee, a little place, uh, Scott County. Uh, joined the Marine Corps out of uh, high school. After uh, the Marines, went to Tennessee Tech. Uh, played football there. Enjoyed uh, strength training there with our strength coach. I did an internship there, and then uh, did a job at one high school, and then. Went back and got another master's degree at Tennessee Tech uh, for teaching. And then uh, I've been at Springfield High School since 2018, and that is in Middle Tennessee, north of uh, Nashville. Awesome, Coach. And, um, you know, I think that's a great thing that you're doing with uh, before, like, setting into the high school job is getting your teaching degree. And, I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about it on this podcast here. I think that's a central part of where this profession is going, you know, because we are coming from, 
you know, the collegiate realm, now going to the high school realm, but not all the job, not every admin sees the value in, you know, strength conditioning and things of that nature. So, um, getting a teaching degree kind of helps you kind of, I'm not going to say slip through the cracks, but kind of get your foot in the door. Um, especially if your long-term goal is to be a strength coach as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, I would tell any young strength coach, if they're wanting to do high school, first thing I would get is my teaching license, pass the praxis and something, because uh, 99% of the high schools I've seen are going to hire you as a PE teacher, but you're going to be the strength coach. That's what I do. I'm in the physical education department, but all I do is weights conditioning throughout the day. So, And uh, I would recommend getting a master's degree because every school system I've seen is going to pay you more too, and that's never a bad thing. So. Yeah, that pay bump is something serious too. I mean, it's the difference between what maybe a forty-three thousand dollars job and a fifty-one, fifty-two thousand dollars job. I mean, that's almost eight thousand, nine thousand dollars extra, man. But um, I want to talk to you today about starting a strength coach or a strength program from scratch because that's what you did at Springfield, and you've had pretty good success over there, man. So, talk to us, walk us through about exactly how did you start the strength program there. Uh, well, starts with admin support. Uh, our athletic director, who's also our head football coach, uh, saying it was important. And, uh, for my knowledge, he presented it to the, uh, admin, the principals, and, uh, they got on board and he put the job out there. And, uh, I interviewed and was lucky to get the job and, uh, been there ever since. Started off slow. Uh, it's a lot of work. You got to have everybody involved, counselors, admin, teachers, coaches, athletes got to buy in. Uh, the first thing we did was, was we tried to get a, a database of all the athletes, put them on a list, give them to the counselors and try to give them weight. Uh, the first year it was a mess. We had normal students in there, which there's nothing wrong with that, but uh, athletes, normal students, kids that never lifted uh, all together. Uh, now we got situated where it's primarily athletes in there and uh we got it rolling but uh any school can do it if they really want to it's a admin thing they can make it happen in my opinion they can make it happen uh but we've got it rolling here and i'll just let you ask any more questions and i'll fire away yeah man so you're talking about like kind of getting everyone on board so what are some things that you did to help not only athletes because it's a community thing Right, you gotta have parent support. Then you gotta have admin support. You even gotta go as far as getting teacher and then counselor support. Because if they're if they don't have your support, then they're gonna put you probably with, well, we're gonna fill you with this class of physical education where you're gonna have to be in the gym, and then you got maybe football here, and then you got basketball here, and then you know your schedule starts to get a little off. So what did you do to like get buy-in from everyone? Uh, well, starts with. You know, building relationships with the kids, you got to talk to them. Uh, you can't just be a teacher. You got to be kind of their friend. I know a lot of strength coaches say, oh, you can't be friends with them. I disagree. You got to know the, the line between work and, and being uh, play, I guess you could say. Uh, just get to know the kids, really. That's the first step to getting buy-in is they got to buy-in. Because then if they, they buy-in, teachers start, or they start talking to the other teachers about it, and then Spreads like wildfire throughout the school. I think we got a good weights culture. The kids want to be in the class. Is the best thing. Uh, is there the email me? Hey, I'm not in weights. Can you make sure I'm in weights? Uh, make it fun as possible for them. 
Number one thing I would tell you to do is uh, if you're if you're buying anything, is get a speaker system because if you play some good music, automatically it's going to go way 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 better. Uh, let the kids obviously you play appropriate music, but let the kids pick the playlist. Kind of let them have some control over it. Uh, make it fun. I mean, it's it's got to be uh, you know effective. Like you're going to do your your sprints and jumps and stuff that they don't want to do, but you can still make it fun. Uh, and one good thing is that we've got here is uh, they usually train with their team, which I think training with anybody is good. But when you train with your team, it's just a little different. Uh, when you're when you're with your friends and you're all training together, I think that helps your team too. So uh, I would say the number one thing to help them get buy-in is just make it as enjoyable as possible, and then let them see results too. So let's go dive down that enjoyable route because um, I think that's the essential part of our job that, you know, a lot of coaches lack. I lacked it in my first probably two or three years of actually coaching football and running the weight room was a lack of, you know, kids being there because they want to be there or they don't want to be there because it's not enjoyable. Um, you mentioned part of it was getting a speaker system and letting them play appropriate music. Um, what else do you do? Um, do you incorporate any games? Is there anything, any strategies that you've used to help be more enjoyable inside the weight room or uh, facilities? Uh, man, we uh, one one thing I know a lot of coaches don't agree with it that we've done is uh, we got clubs, weight clubs, and uh, if you make a club, you get a shirt, and man, you'd be surprised how many of them kids wear them shirts once a week. Like kids that that dress up nice every day, but one day a week they'll have their jacket, strength club shirt on, and like. Uh, just enjoyable stuff like that. Competing, uh, contrary to popular belief, uh, a lot of kids love to compete. Like even if they don't show it. Uh, so in our weight room, we have a weight board, and uh, now I let them compete in anything like uh, pull ups, pull up hang, like uh, bench, squat, clean, sprints, times. Like I do ten yards, twenty yards, forty yards, uh, just anything. I'll find ways to compete. Uh, pound for pound for you know the little guys that are in there that you know, are, are strong for their size, but they obviously can't compete with the uh, the total strength numbers. Uh, I've created just as many possibilities to compete as possible, and I think that makes them uh, enjoy the weights more because they're working towards something. Uh, again, the weight clubs, like we got three different clubs. We have the jacket club, the wild jacket club, and the ultimate jacket club, and you get a different color shirt each one. And, uh, man, those kids love getting them shirts. Like, they – they they work a lot harder and enjoy it because they know they're working toward getting them shirts and uh, making the clubs. Uh, say some more things. Uh, one one thing I do, uh, I would recommend any young strength coach do it too. Is we do attendance parties rewards. So uh, we're at a block schedule here, first, second, third, and fourth block, and the block with the best attendance, I get them food at the end of the semester. So like uh, this semester, I think it was second block won the uh, attendance party so at the end of the year uh i cooked them uh, a turkey and a few other things and each kid brought something and we all had a meal together and uh, you'd be surprised uh you just tell them you're gonna buy them chick-fil-a even or pizza they'll come because they don't want to be that mark on the attendance you know just little stuff like that and uh they enjoy it uh i think just you could trick them into enjoying it even if they don't but you know some of them aren't going to like to train uh, not everybody's going to like to train as much as us i think that's everywhere but uh, if you let them know it's important and show them results, I think I can't remember how it goes, but 
some of the coaches talk about uh, post your result. Hang on one second, sorry. Uh, post your result or uh, record post. I can't remember the order it is. I see it on Twitter all the time. Record, rank, publish. Yeah, there you go. That yeah. So we do that. Uh, and man, you'd be surprised how much buying you'll get from that. That's so true. That's one good thing I took from Twitter out of all the bad things I see on there all the time. But that's great. But yeah, man, that's that's some of the stuff we did. I'm sure I'm leaving out some of it, but. Let's peel back a little bit. Oh, let's talk about the clubs a little bit. What's the criteria for your clubs? Okay, so <clears throat> I just took, I probably need to change it, but uh, unlike other schools, we don't have an unlimited budget. So I got my weight board when I first got there, and I don't think I'm going to get new ones anytime soon. But I took all the data I had and made numbers. So like, uh, it goes off your body weight, obviously, because I'm not going to have a 100-pound female doing the same thing as a 160-pound female. So uh it's kind of like wrestling weight clubs i think i got it every 16 pounds uh there's different criteria as clean bench and squat so uh obviously their technique's always going to be paramount uh but they have to meet all three of those so if you weigh 105 pounds you're in the 100 to uh, 116 pound club you have to meet those three things in the jacket club so say it's a 100 pound bench uh 125 pound squat 150 pound deadlift. If you meet all three of those things, you make a club and uh, you get a shirt. Okay, you do two out of three, you're you're out. So you got to have all three. Uh, and each club, obviously, it gets harder to make it. So your numbers go up, uh, the body weight percentage goes up, and all the way to the the ultimate jacket club is pretty tough to make. Uh, in five years, I've only had probably less than 20 athletes make it. So, and that's every sport. So it's it's uh, if you make that one, you're you, you busted it and you got good genetics and pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. And I like it because you're off a of body weight rather than saying, you know, uh, like a thousand pound club. I mean, if you lift technically 250 pounds on every single lift, that's a thousand pounds. Sure. But I mean, you're putting you're going off a of body weight. I think that's a lot more achievable and a lot more uh, relative to their body weight and, you know, relative to their sport. Rather than saying, "Well, we're gonna sit at a thousand pounds, try to reach it," because if a kid can, you know, squat five hundred, deadlift five hundred, I mean, all automatically mates, you know, the the thousand pound club, and it's, you know, um, it also provides a lot more opportunities for your students as well, um, you know, because like the little kid, right, the little slim Jimmy that you know is a hundred pounds soaking wet, you know, there's no way that he's gonna make a thousand pounds in you know the nine, twelve. 24 weeks that you have with them. Um, but that's an awesome job, Coach. I yeah, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, they uh, – and they know – let me backtrack a little bit to the, the, the requirements. They know from the get-go that it's going to be have to be right. Like, there's no shortcuts. Like, uh, their technique is going to be number one. I could, care, I could care less. I want them to make a club, obviously, but it's going to be safe and uh, effective, like, the clubs are just a bonus to you training the correct way. But they know that, and uh, they know on max day, like, the expectations, the standards are, I got to I gotta have my elbows up in my front squat. I got to drop under the bar and catch my clean good. I got I to gotta bench under control, touch and drive. I got to squat low. I got to do everything the right way, or he's not going to count the reps. So they know, and uh, I think that helps our, our numbers too, which uh, we don't max a lot. We just do it twice a, uh, every six months. So I'm big on bar speed, like most coaches should be, and and uh, but we do we do max because the kids love it, and uh, I think they like seeing the results from it. But 
uh, the like I said, the, the weights club numbers are are. I know some coaches don't like setting goals and all that, but we've had great great results from it, and the kids like it, and that's enough for me. So, and that's an important thing too when establishing a stream program is getting results, right? So you can talk the talk and say we're going to win more, we're going to be stronger, faster, you know, all the great wonderful things that we're actually you know, preaching to our admin and preaching to our sport coaches and telling parents and telling athletes. But the other side of that coin is we got to get results. You know, they have to see physically for themselves. Well, I am getting a little bit bigger. You know, my shirt's feeling a little tighter. You know, um, you know, even if we got athletes that want to lose a little bit of weight, you know, particularly our offensive defensive linemen, you know, they say, well, you know, I'm not, my belly ain't hugging my jeans, you know. Uh, you know, stuff like that, man. I mean, that's that's the results, you know, besides, you know, wins on the you know field court or whatever. Because, you know, those are great as well. I'm not going to knock the wins. I, I think that strength and conditioning coaches are the difference between getting knocked out in the first round playoffs and going to state. You know, like, I, I, I absolutely believe that. But on the other side of that coin is we got to make results beyond the wins and losses as well. You know, we got to make sure that our kids are feeling right, right? We're not just, you know, tearing them apart left and right. Um, but, you know, they can see for themselves that, you know, my shirt's a little tighter. You know, I'm starting to, you know, notice a little bit more. And then they start having, like, this build of confidence as well, man. You know? Yeah. Uh, do no harm is always my number one thing. Like, they got a best, avail uh, best uh, ability is availability, as coaches like to say. And, I'm with you. The the wins, winning is elite. There's nothing better. Uh, we expect to win uh, Springfield. That was paramount from day one. Uh, we've had great success, but like you said, it goes a long way past that. Like healthy minds, healthy bodies. Like I want my kids to be able to go in any gym the rest of their life and train and not be somebody like they're looking at him like, man, that guy's gonna get hurt. Like I want them to be in there and like I want them to have the best technique in the gym and I want them to be to know how to train properly for the rest of their life. And they, they understand that. Uh, and I will have seen them at the Y or out in the gyms and training. And they're, they're usually not on the leg press or uh, in, the, in the squat rack doing curls. They're actually doing stuff that, that uh, we still do. So that always gets me fired up. But uh, our, our number one goal is always going to be uh, staying healthy. And uh, the wins are great. I want, we want to win everything we do. And like I said, that goes back to our competing. Like we want to compete because uh, competition breeds wins, in my opinion. And uh, that's that's just yeah. I think a lot of coaches get it really backwards. They just want to win under any circumstances. And winning is important. It's it's very important, but it goes a long way beyond that. Absolutely, and I do think we get caught up a little bit in the sets and reps as well. You know, we're we get so caught up on well, we got bench more, we got squat more, we got to be faster and stuff like that. And it's like, well, are our kids feeling better? You know, are our kids like enjoying themselves in the weight room and? you know, kind of tying this all back to everything, you know, we're kind of talking about is, you know, if they're not enjoying themselves in the weight room, if they're not enjoying being with you as a strength coach, I mean, it's really hard to get the results that we want as well. You know, if they hate training four times a week in the weight room and, you know, we're sitting there screaming and cussing and fussing and everything else on their son, you know, we're not going to get the results that we really want from our athletes. Yeah, uh, one thing I would tell anybody listening is don't do what I did when I first started coaching. I came in there all at 100% intensity yell, and I expected everybody to want to train and heavy metal and freaking trash cans and sweat, blood, and tears, and that ain't the case. You're going to get that maybe a couple of days a month, maybe less. Uh, 
you got to figure out ways to motivate your athletes, train different athletes, talk to different athletes different ways. Uh, it's going to be some Taylor Swift. It's going to be some ACDC. It's going to be some anything. Like, it, it's completely opposite of uh, what I thought when I was first starting, uh, which is about what you just wouldn't use it. That's, that's great. So let's talk about the parent aspect of it because, you know, training collegiate athletes is a lot different than training high school athletes. Because collegiate athletes, you know, they are men and women by themselves. You know, mom and daddy are not there for them. But in the high school realm, mom and daddy is there for every step of the way. So how do you communicate what you're doing from a sport performance side and communicating that to the parents athletes? Because it's one thing if an athlete understands it, but it's another thing if the parents understand what you're doing. Okay, so uh, the first day I was explain what we're doing and uh the, the parents have my information uh a lot of the parents mo- i would say 90 percent of the parents are, are like their kids being in there and you got some that think they're gonna get hurt which i understand if you don't know anything about it uh it can be dangerous weight training can be dangerous and uh some people think you shouldn't be doing certain things that we do uh from certain sports i'll give you an example baseball like you got their pitching coach out there saying oh he shouldn't be bench pressing he shouldn't be blah 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 blah. and like the parents get on board with that you know because they don't know any better either and then they find out that their son's at school bench pressing they come home and they're fired up about it and i get an email saying that hey i've even had emails saying like oh you're you're gonna get him hurt blah 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 and i try to explain to him hey like i can give you the results i can show you research like trust me we're doing it the right way like it's a lot of it's just reaching out to parents individually that have concerns and letting them know, hey, I'm definitely in the best interest of your child and uh, we're going to do everything safe and and uh, just just trying to always relay that message to them. I think backing up what you say with research is kind of difference as well because it's one thing to say, well, you know, weightlifting stunts growth, which we all know, I hope by now, by now we, <laughs> we kind of gotten past that point of you know, that kind of myth and, you know, sport performance, fitness, whatever you want to call it. But um, it's another thing to have the research backed up of what you're saying. It's like horizontal press, vertical press is seen to, um, you know, decrease uh, injury rates and shoulder mobility, shoulder injuries, rotator cuffs, etc. You know, that is more concrete than telling them, well, we're just going to bench because, you know, I like to bench, you know, um, kind of, I think that's the difference maker and kind of our programs as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one big thing that I show them about research, man, is creatine. Like, athletes just ask, like, if they should be taking any supplements. And the only supplement I ever tell them to take is creatine. And then they go home and their parents think I'm trying to tell them to take anabolic steroids or something. And I'm just like, man, it's not even like that. Like, it's the most researched supplement out there. Like, I have a PowerPoint, actually, that I got uh, from a great coach. And uh, it's got all the research, got all the sites, uh, everything is cited and everything is true and at the bottom of the powerpoint you can go to each link and you know it backs up the what i'm trying to tell them and uh even still after that they some of them don't want to accept it because they heard from johnny at the gym that been lifting for 20 years there that creatine's gonna you know make your hair fall out or you know it's gonna dehydrate your all the myths you know uh but yeah i'm 100 with you about the research and most parents are are good with it uh We've been lucky not to have any, not any injuries, very few injuries. Uh, most of them were preventable stuff where kids are just being kids and 
you know, didn't follow instructions very well. But injuries are going to happen. Uh, but we have a great training staff. Uh, our, our trainer, he's awesome. Uh, me and him coordinate a lot about that. And he contacts the parents, too, about that. And me and him are kind of on the same page of talking to them, telling them uh, what they need to know about weights and training and stuff. So that's another good thing. Uh, if you have, you need a good relationship with your athletic trainer, if you have one, and if both of you are saying the same things to the parent, it, it's probably going to be heard a lot better than just you saying it. Absolutely. And you kind of touch a, a bit of a piece that I'm kind of interested right now with being at a new school, and that's the nutritional side of things. Because that is a key, I think, a missing component in an athlete's you know, overall development. Because, you know, they're used to eating Takis and beef jerky and going to McDonald's. Like, that, that is their diet, you know. Um, but we can do things, you know, to help their nutritional knowledge, you know, between going to, like, McDonald's and maybe going to Subway. And Subway's, you know, maybe not that much better. But, you know, it's better than eating, what, a Big Mac and fries. And, yeah. you know, you're substituting that between, you know, maybe a... Uh, a ham sandwich, you know, from Subway or something like that, you know, just making subtle changes. So what do you do to kind of uh, broaden your horizons in the nutritional aspect in your program? Uh, Well, the first thing I'll say is is, uh, if you're a Title I school like we are, that's every kid gets free reduced lunch and uh, high poverty level. Uh, You're eligible for the after-school snack program, as we call it. Uh, You'll get as many snacks as you want every day. So every day in the off season, I get uh, either 80 to 100 chocolate milk, and 80 to 100 uh, Jack Link's beef jerky packages that are like three bucks at the gas station. But it's all for free. Uh, all you have to do is coordinate with your cafeteria manager. You'll know what it is. Uh, if not, you can reach out to me and I'll, I'll send you the link to the program. And you can show up to them that you're eligible. But every single day, uh, I send an athlete down to the cafeteria. They got a cart waiting on me. They bring it back. We have a fridge and snack station in each weight room. We stock it every day for the athletes, uh, and it's ready for them. So they obviously would rather have Doritos and chips and cereal bars, but I get the Jack Link's beef jerky and just tell them tough. But they do like the chocolate milk, and a lot of them do like the beef jerky too. But uh, I just preach the importance, and uh, we we do weigh-ins every week. And uh, like you was talking about earlier about their clothes fitting better, they're gaining weight, but their clothes are fitting better, you know, because they're, you know, getting leaner and more muscle. And uh, I tell a lot of them the, the basic, uh, you know, nutrition information. And I got stuff posted throughout the weight room uh, up at the school, you know, what to eat, what to avoid. And then I always tell them, you know, talk to them about what they eat for breakfast to give them recommendations, which some of them don't have the capabilities to, you know, I mean, some kids are going home and their best meal of the day was school lunch. So, you know, what, what can you tell that kid? But uh, plenty of the kids have, to be able to eat right and uh, they would be surprised if they would actually go to the store and buy the stuff that we're trying to tell them uh, it's like 12 bucks for eggs and you know uh, a loaf of bread and peanut butter like just anything and uh, I just harp on the importance and just like I just try to tell them try to eat breakfast one morning and come lift and then don't eat breakfast to see how you feel and uh, one thing like you're talking about eating like every day they come in with Dunkin Donuts Starbucks coffees like i'm just like man you need some water like like i don't know kids are gonna be kids you know i was sucking down mcdonald's coke in high school like every other kid so uh just try to preach the importance i mean they're gonna be kids but uh i would definitely do that uh after school nutrition program if if anybody has the capabilities because it's perfectly free and uh, i know it ain't core power and uncrustables and 
you know, a lot of things others have, but it's great for us, and, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And I made a tweet about it, you know, I think a couple of weeks ago, and you mentioned that as well. And I'll be honest, I didn't realize that was even a thing. So that's pretty important there as well. Um, let's go, let's kind of peel back a little bit. Uh, your weigh-ins, do you weigh them in every single day? Uh, no, sir. So we weigh in Mondays uh, when they come in, given the weekend they come in. Uh, it's No one sees the weight except for me. You know, some, some athletes are self-conscious about their weights. It's okay. So if they don't even want me to say it, I'll just show it to them. Between me and them, I write it down. And I just track it to see, you know, like, you know, uh, why is Johnny lifting 20 pounds less today? Oh, he's lost 12 pounds this week. Like, what's going on, man? Like, you need some food. Like, you should probably drink a couple extra milks. Like, you know, just checking on them. And, and uh, they like tracking it because, again, it goes back to our weight boards, you know. Uh, they're smart enough now to realize that they want to be at the top of that weight class as close to the next one as possible because, you know, uh, if your weight class cut off is 140, you want to be 139.9. Like, you want to be right there, so you're in that weight class. So they're smart enough to know that now, so they like weighing in. And, uh, you know, I, uh, we do goal sheets at the first of the semester, uh, my weights classes, and a lot of them's goals, you know, are to lose weight. So uh, we track that, and, you know, I'll take, I'll talk to them by themselves and be like, hey, you're, you've lost 10 pounds. Like, you don't even uh, – you're on your way to your goal. Like, and just the, the weigh-ins kind of – let them know it, well, what they're doing, if they're doing right, or, you know, they, uh, few of them gain weight and start freaking out, and they, they're like, I look better, though, and I'm like, there you go. Like, but, yeah, we weigh in every Monday. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome job, Coach. Um, the last aspect I really want to talk about is implementing technology, because I, I know, and you know as well, you know, when you're at Title One school and, you know, the funds are basically not there, or they're hard to come by, and you want to get things nice things for your athletes, you know, maybe a new weight room, maybe some, you know, new bars, uh, you know, turf strip, you know, a strip of turf down the middle, uh, BBT, GPS, you know, all this great, wonderful stuff. Uh, what do you do to kind of help yourself get these, you know, nice things for athletes, but also, you know, for your program as well, because, you know, we're kind of living in a time where technology is starting to get a little bit more, you know, prominent. So, um, yeah, let's go with that. Uh, man, it goes back to having support and, uh, and the kids buy-in. So every, I would say 95% of the stuff we have is fundraised by the athletes. Uh, and it's important. And when the athletes see the stuff, like when I first got to Springfield, uh, the football, we have two separate weight rooms. We have a school weight room and a football weight room. Uh, the football weight room had six of the old just stationary squat racks. I don't know if y'all can see it in your head, but all you can do is squat in it. Uh, then they had six of the stationary benches where all you can do is bench. And then we had these rubber mats we cut out that we power cleaned all around the weight room in random spots. So, you know, uh, mine and Coach Wilson, our athletic director, football coach, the vision was was uh, to put half racks down each side. So the first year we fundraised, the kids bought in, fundraised. We bought, I think, six or seven. You know, six months later, we did another fundraise. We bought six or seven more, so on and so on and so on. Now we got 16 half racks, new dumbbells, and I would say 95% of that was fundraised by the athletes. And if they see what they're fundraising for and they see it in there, I think they do a better job of raising the money. Uh, at, uh, uh, at the athletic department, I get a little small amount of money each year to spend on the, the weight room, which I've purchased a uh, free lap timer, uh, a jump, a jump uh, system. Uh, this was after, by the way, we got bars. Uh, the school weight room, we 
you know, had to get this, the essentials, bars, bumper weights. So this was just last year I got the the uh, free lap timer and the jump system. Uh, but it's all fundraised, man, here. Like uh, the community does a good job. If the kids go out and ask, like they give what they can. But very rarely do we have just one guy that, you know, says, here, I'll pay for everything. Like, And uh, I think that's awesome because, you know, the kids, it's theirs. Like they, they rose the money. They built the program. Uh, and, you know, the older kids, the older football guys come back and uh, look how it is now compared to when they were there. And, you know, they have a hard time realizing, hey, it's because you started fundraising and you got the ball rolling. And uh, we just got air conditioning for our football field house. And that place has been there for since 1990, middle of the 1990s. And we finally got air conditioning. So, I mean, uh, that was that was fundraised. And, you know, the kids, have, they've, they've obviously been loving it because it ain't 100 degrees in there. But. Uh, yeah, everything at our school is fundraised. Uh, we don't have much facilities money. Yeah, that's that's how we get it done. Yeah, uh, uh, air conditioning is kind of essential there, Coach. <laughs> oh, so, I, I, I mean, I, I bet it's a lot better in there, you know, if you're going to be in there all day, a lot better than, you know, sitting there in 100 degree weather and or air and, you know, everything like that, man. But uh, I think that's a thing that, I think some coaches don't realize that in the high school realm, especially, you know, Title One schools that you mean kind of know is, you know, everything's fundraised. You know, if, unless you're a kind of a, a school that needs fundraising or, you know, organizes fundraisers pretty regularly, you know, the cash flow doesn't really, you know, just pop up out of nowhere. You know, or, you know, you know like you said, kind of like have a donor that just like so graciously wanted to drop two thousand dollars on a gps system like that just rarely ever happens so um awesome job there so let's go ahead and start wrapping things up um let's do this last segment it's called conjugate coach spotlight so do you have anyone out there that you want to highlight or shout out that's making the difference in the field of training conditioning and i'm in you doing this podcast uh you're doing a great job uh I like listening to it. I think you bring in a lot of good coaches that are under the radar that a lot, not a lot of people know about. Uh, I'm way below all them. I'm lucky to be on here. I know we've talked about it, but uh, another coach that everyone knows, uh, I don't, uh, Tommy Moffitt is from Springfield. He went to Springfield where I coach at. And when I first got the job, he reached out, didn't know me, and uh, took a phone call from me, man. And like, I thought that was just awesome. Uh, that, you know, somebody as renowned as him just talking to a complete stranger just because he's at his old high school and wanted to help me out. Uh, he's always been a big help. Uh, Brian Van Vliet at Innsworth, he's also from Springfield. Uh, he's been a, a great asset. I can text him anytime and he'll get back with me. Uh, he's he's always knowledgeable. Uh, I really, I'm not a big Twitter guy about screen stuff. I feel like uh, there's a lot of stuff that's great on there, but a lot of crap on there too that just, it, I, I just try to stay away from it. Uh, see, I really enjoy uh, Brandon Herring from Alabama's post. I've never met him in person, but I enjoy his post. I think he does a great job and uh, got a lot of the same philosophies. Keep it simple and and do do hard things, as he says, with his uh, his team, which I think is awesome. Uh, and uh, I mean, there's so many more. Uh, Craig Owens, Anderson County, uh, childhood friend of mine. He does a great job over there. Uh, Terrell Rollins, JT Rankin. I think JT was on here on the podcast. We all played college together, and uh, me and JT actually interned together at Tennessee Tech. Used to be out in the sand pit in July, uh, raking the, the sand pit for the sport. Uh, they both do a great job. 
And uh, yeah, man, that's just some of the names that uh, I, I thought. I'm sure I don't want to leave anybody out, so I'll stop right there. Man, JT's the man. Brandon's the man. No, um, honestly, Van Fleet over at Innsport does an awesome job over there. I mean, they got like 18 different strength coaches. No, they don't really have 18 strength coaches, but you know, they they they, they they're rolling. You know, they're rolling. And you know, when we went to NatCon last year, you know, the facilities were phenomenal, and you know, they were awesome down there. And um, yeah, everything like that. I was blown away by how many strength coaches they had on staff. Oh man, they uh, he he does a great job, and he uh, we had a strength clinic here at Springfield, and he came and spoke at it about their fitness levels because every single student uh, at their school has a uh, some sort of fitness class, and he has like I think he called it the black and orange. I think that's their colors, and man, he just does a great job. Uh, they got like a sports side, a normal uh, a normal student side of fitness, and. He has athletes in there, normal students in there, and they all look the same. You can't tell them apart. So there you go. That, I mean, that's how you know he did a good, good job right there. Uh, Coach Johnson, his assistant, he spoke at our clinic too about uh, speed. He's a, he, he's a very knowledgeable in that. They, they did a great job. And, uh, yeah, Coach, Coach Van Vliet's the man. Absolutely, Coach. Well, I want to thank you again for being on the Conjunct Chats and, you know, bringing insight to building a program from scratch because I think that's a – where this field is kind of heading you know as we get more coaches into the building and we get more you know jobs openings at the high school realm i think there's going to be a lot more coaches you know trying to build a program from scratch and this is really a great you know start to know how to exactly do that um you know that's something that the essentials textbook or any kinesiology class really can't teach you you know it's something from experience yeah i mean uh (laughs) The uh, essentials book really don't relate to uh, uh, a weight room that's got a uh, 20 square feet and 20 athletes in it, and supposed to have I don't know how what is it one coach per 20 kids or something I don't even know anymore. I, it's it's crazy. Like it don't really relate to the normal high school strength coach like uh, me and you that don't have a full staff. Uh, it's gonna be probably us and 30 kids, 30 plus kids. I mean, if it's football, it's it's me and the football coaches and 70 kids. Like. Uh, the best way is to, to reach out to somebody that's done it. Uh, that's what I did when I first got the job. I was talking to everybody, like, hey, do I need to do this? Do I need that? Making mistakes, learning from your mistakes, and just uh, trying to build the program. But uh, I'll go back to the, the thing I first said. is, If you can get the kids to buy in and the admin support, you got it, you got it made. It, it'll be no matter what you do, you'll, you'll have a good time. Absolutely. And that is another episode of the Conjugate Chats. Please follow our social media platforms at Conjugate Chat Podcast on Twitter and TikTok. Also follow Jake on his social media as well. In the name of strength, stay strong and have a day today. In this episode here, I wanted to bring the light to something. Um, most people on here are either strength coaches or aspiring strength coaches. 
Um, for those that are aspiring strength coaches out there, um, I set up a Gumroad account, a uh, store even, to provide value back into the field of strength conditioning. Starting with, um, I have study guides on there uh, for anyone that's not past the CSCS or is going to take the CSCS. Um, these are study guides that I've developed over the last three years that I've used in my attempts to pass the CSCS, and I wanted to bring that value here to our podcast. So if you will go to the link in the description of this episode, you'll see a link to my Gumroad in which you can purchase or just download for free uh, the study guides for CSCS, a couple of my guides for in-season uh, in training, and also um, a couple of our products in there as well. Again, thank you for listening in on the Conjuring Chats, and thank you for your continuous support.